This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're in a series called Each One, Reach One. And September 11th, the Lord uh, spoke to me. He said, one plus one equals two. And he said, it only takes one to double. And what he was saying, if each person adds one person to the church, we'll double. Now, what cited me, I know God wants us to increase and grow, but this was a word that he spoke, or what we would call a rhema word, or a revealed word, a quickened word, and I knew it was for us. So that's the reason we're doing this series. In 2017, we're going to double. Is anybody with me? Anybody believe? Any believers out there? <laughs> and because we're putting our trust in God, we can do this. And we can increase. And we can be about what God is forced to be about. So we're starting this campaign. And I want you to invite people to church. I want you to be praying uh, for people that are in your world. And I'm going to talk about that some some more today. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 14, it says, Later he appeared to the leaven, talking about Jesus. As they sat at the table, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Now get this, they were, had hardness of heart. They didn't believe the report that he had risen. They, the eleven did not believe he had risen from the dead. In verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now let me tell you the correct response when you believe that he is risen. The correct response is to spread the gospel. When you believe that he has risen from the dead, the correct response is to reach out to other people and tell them the good news that he's alive. He paid the price for our sins and he's alive. Now, if he paid the price for our sins and never rose from the dead, it'd be no good. You've got to have the resurrection, resurrection with the death. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. And we see here, that he's telling the disciples, look, now you see me, now you know, go preach the gospel to every creature. Let them know the truth. So reaching out to people is a part of our commission, a part of what we're called to do. We call this the great commission. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. We're called to do this. We have to be intentional about it. Reaching out to others is something that is and should be a part of every believer's life. We should be reaching other people for him. And I don't mean just going up your witnessing technique is, you're going to hell, buddy. <laughs> no, not talking about that. I'm talking about let, letting God lead you and give you wisdom. Because souls is the only thing you can take to heaven. You know, you can't take anything else to heaven. You can't take that house, you can't take that boat, you can't take that plane, you can't take that fishing equipment, that hunting equipment, that sports collection you have, 
that money, those investments, you can't take it to heaven. The only thing that you can take to heaven is people. And what do people do? They're spending everything, their priority is getting that stuff, getting those things that are temporal. They're temporary. You can't take them with you, but people are eternal beings. They'll exist forever. And God is telling us that has to be the priority. The priority is to keep people out of hell and get them in heaven, to get them in God's family. That has to be a priority of our life. If it's not, we're, our priorities are out of order. It's the Great Commission. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, The Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. God loves people and wants them to be in his family. We're to find lost people and bring them to Jesus. There was a young, young Christian businessman in Bolivia, and he was going down the streets of one of the cities there, and he saw these small children, dirty-faced, and coming down the sewers there. And he just, it was horrible to him, and he was just, he got angry. He was upset. He got angry at God. He started shouting at God and said, God, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this kind of suffering? And immediately God spoke to him. And he said, I did do something. I created you. And that's what God's telling us. There's suffering all around us. There's people hurting. There's people that need life. There's people that need Jesus. We're saying, God, what are you going to do? And he said, I did something. I've already sent Jesus and now he lives in you. You do it. You go to him. You be my hands. You be my feet. You be my voice. You show my love. The love of God. That love is to flow out of us to others. It's time for every believer to be mobilized to bring in the harvest. You see this in, in your notes. I was rescued to become a rescuer. You were rescued to become a rescuer. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, you never will be. So get off of that. Yeah, if you've ever been fishing, I tell you what, Aaron and I went fishing and uh, a guy helped us and he said, you just need some stink bait. Sometimes some of the stinking, I mean bait that just stinks, you can't stand <laughs> to put on your hook to catch the fish. And God will use you even though you're not perfect. Now, don't go around claiming to be perfect, trying to win people. You're blessed to be in my presence. I happen to be perfect. Will you come to church with me? Pitiful little you. You need perfect me. <laughs> Jesus said to Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He said, if you're following him, I'll make you fishermen. I will make you fishers of men. When we're following him, we, we need to realize that it's his strength and it's his power. He makes us good fishermen and women. He's the one that does it. But we should have the same will, the same mission that Jesus had. 
And that's to seek those that are lost and bring them to Jesus. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses that Jesus is alive. Witnesses that he answers prayer. That he is your peace. He is your strength. That he changed your life. He made all things new. We're carriers of good news. Now, we're carriers of good news. We proclaim the news, but we don't, we're not to convict people. God takes care of His Spirit to take care of that. We just bring good news. I was thinking, can you imagine there's people lost in darkness? Can we take the time just to see them or hear their cry? Because we're light carriers. And we shine the light that they can see the way out of darkness. We're just shining the light where they can see Jesus. But if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Lord, would you reach this friend of mine? How about you? You say, you've tried. Well, pray for them and ask God for a way to reach them. He'll give you a unique way, a different way, because he knows where will reach them. And you can pray for others to be there. Three influences we see in this, in this passage of a mission-minded church. And we had Jerusalem, we had Judea and Samaria, and we have the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem is what we're going to talk about this morning. But I just tell you, Judea and Samaria represent your nation. And then the ends of the earth represent outside of your nation. But what does Jerusalem represent? And you see there in your notes, Jerusalem is my local sphere of influence. It's where you do your everyday life, your everyday living. It's who you come in contact with. It's your family. It's your friends. It's your neighbor. It's your co-workers. Uh, it's who you go to school with. It's who you're around in your everyday life. That's your Jerusalem, where you live. You're responsible or you've been commissioned by God to influence those people where you live. When we mention mission-minded church, most people think of catching a plane and going to some other country. But to God, missions start first at home. You start first, and some of you have to start in your own house. Might be your, some you're living with there are not saved. And it starts there. But it's to start where you live each and every day. That's your Jerusalem. The good news is you've been empowered by His Spirit to reach your Jerusalem. To be an influence, to make an impact. We have to be willing to do it. When you leave your house in the morning, you're on the mission for God. And that's the way you have to get your thinking, your, uh, your mindset. Mission-minded heart. See this in your notes. Every time I leave my house, I'm entering your, notice it's a capital Y, God's mission field for me. Every time I leave my house, you have to get that. You do not do this without intent. It doesn't just happen. You just don't find yourself at the gym working out. You don't find yourself 
doing, um, being good on your finances without having a budget. You don't, there's things, we have responsibility. I mean, know that. What about the grace of God? The grace of God empowers you to fulfill your responsibilities. I'm for the grace of God. But this grace that says, I have no responsibilities. Well, if you're a son and daughter of God, that's not what the Word says. The Word says grace will empower you to fulfill what God is telling you to do. And the Great Commission is the commandment. There's no commands. I'm under the grace of God. Baloney. He's empowered you to fulfill the commands. And I want to stand before the Lord, and I know you do too, fulfilling what he's commanded us to do. So Lord, I'm going to live for you today in the way that turns the heads of those that know me towards you. The mindset you have to have in your notes, I will live beyond myself, beyond the shoreline, my own existence. I will dare to live beyond myself, just about me, just about my likes and my preferences. I dare to live beyond that. That's what God has called us to do. Live for what benefits others, what helps others. Even when it's to your cost, what does it do to help them? And this, um, this is something I'm praying about because I'm telling you, all my friends and family know exactly where I stand. Been there, done that. Some stay away from me, and I had to even back off because every time I saw them, they thought I was going to talk about Jesus. I said, Lord, would this, this campaign, he said, yes, Bob, go get them. <laughs> Where? Okay. So I've been praying. I said, Lord, and this is me. When I go in the store, I'm on the mission, I want out. I pray, if it, there was a, a slant, my prayer would be slanted this way, Lord, let me not run into anybody because I need to get out. Just being honest. So now, Lord, I'm in your mission field. It's your agenda. So I'm at Macy's getting ready for a wedding. I've, I've worn the same cologne for years and a cologne. Had a lady that gave me a whole lot of cologne years ago. Used it a long time. So, well, it's time for a change. I'm at Macy's. You have to put your email address, and she said, oh, you know about that church? I said, yeah, I know something about that church. <laughs> Start telling her something about church. She said, I've driven by that church, I'm, and maybe you're here. Macy's lady, you're, you're wonderful. <laughs> and here was this, I've never had this happen where well, I've driven by your church, I was thinking about coming. And it dawned on me, my lightning fast brain, God, you did this. You answered my prayer, duh. <laughs> so then the other night, I was sharing this with Rob, I go to take the garbage out, put it down the street, 
And here's this man out there in his pickup truck. Lights are off. The doors open. And he says, I'm, I'm getting this refrigerator over here. I just wanted to let you know that nothing's, you know, crazy going on or whatever. And this is what I normally would have done. I would say, oh, sure, put the garbage out and go back in. But something rose up in me, each one reach one. So I walk out there to meet him. I said, what's going on? He said, this refrigerator, uh, this lady's getting rid of. I have to sit here until my buddy comes with the trailer because somebody's already tried to get this refrigerator before me. There's nothing wrong with it. She just got a new one. I didn't know this was a business. Evidently, it's big business to go at night had their flashlights, and he said he's done quite well. <laughs> and he can't find this buddy, so, and he starts telling me about his mom and dad being ministers and how there's one left in the family that's a minister and gotten away from the Bible and, and got to minister to him. And, and, and he said, what church? I invited him to church. He said, what church is that? I told him, he said, I poured the concrete there. He said, my wife is visited there. Once again, God, this is you. <laughs> he will set you up. He will make you a good fisherman. And you know what it is? It's fun. It's fun. And maybe the cold, you know, I'm, I'm saying these cold contacts are, are tougher. I don't know. It might be tougher the family and friends. <laughs> but God will work with you because this is his will. This is his purpose. This is his plan for us to reach people. We've got to count the costs. Your Jerusalem also includes your church. It's like in your everyday life, that's your church also. Being involved there, living beyond yourself, being a part of the dream team, servants, living for others. And there's teams that need you here, a place for you to get involved, a place that you could be an usher or a greeter, work in children's ministry or women's ministry, men's ministry, what? You need, there are teams that need you to be involved. So, well, I need to, I need to count the cost. Well, yeah, you don't need to be involved in many different things, but there's some of you not involved in anything. And count the cost that Jesus paid. He paid a lot for us. And we can put aside our preferences and our comfort and step out and live beyond ourselves for his glory and his honor. Amen? Amen. But you know, I've, I've, talked, I've said, you know, we need somebody to serve on a team. And people look at you, well, that would be an inconvenience for my Sunday. You know what the Great Commission does? The Great Commission preaches us to get over ourselves and live for someone else. Be a benefit. Be a blessing. Help someone else. You're not going to regret it when you get to heaven. Um, gosh, I, oh, I wish I'd played some more golf, but yeah, I'm, 
As these five people over here, they're, they're here because I didn't play golf, but, you know, I could have fit some more rounds in. <laughs> no, you won't regret it. You'll be on your face thanking God that it was his grace flowing through you that helped you to reach someone else with love. body of Christ needs to carry the same heartbeat that Jesus carries. His heart beats beyond our individual lives and preference. His heart beats for the lost to be stayed. He still loves to go after the one. He puts value on the one who is not yet in the flock. The spiritual orphans, there's so many who have found a church family, a church body. But God's called us to be a part of a church family, to be in the flock. I just want to challenge you to look at your Jerusalem in a different way than ever before and say, God, I recognize this as my mission field. And maybe you need to write a letter to someone. Maybe you need to bake a pie for someone. Whatever it is, acts of kindness to reach those around you. That you're planting seeds. It's worth, it's worth it to do it. Do something for someone else that you would prefer not to do. Do something to help your church that requires you to leave your personal comfort zone. And you know what happens? You're surprised. You will be surprised at what God will do with your life once you get involved with his business, with people, what he's after. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate. To one another with brotherly love. And honor giving preference to one another. Who is this one another we're to prefer? Each other. Our neighbors. Those we come in contact with. We will honor and value them. And prefer them. How about the single parent that comes to church for the first time. And has her kids looking after her and helping her. How about the elderly woman or man who comes. They need to be welcomed the same way. Is anyone else? I was talking to uh, a single mom who visited church recently, and she said she had some very difficult time with a, a, a church and was really wounded. And she said she came and she brought uh, her child and she was ready to leave. She said, I made up her mind, I'm leaving after praise and worship, that's it is getting ready to leave, and one of our ladies here tapped her on the shoulders and said, are you here by yourself? And invited her to come sit with her and her husband, and she said that changed everything. She said, when I got the tap on the shoulder, I felt like it was God telling me, don't run away, stay. And she said she was very much Pastor Rob was ministering that she's very much ministered to about the, the baggage. We'll see. That was not the most comfortable thing to do, but it was preferring someone above themselves. It was honoring them, bringing value, and they were able to be ministered to. Because God's after the lost, but he's after the found to be discipled too. And that's part of what we're called to do. I want you to take a look at this video. I want you to just think about 
your Jerusalem, the people around you. Maybe some you don't know what they're going through. But I'm telling you, everyone needs Jesus. Everyone has a, a place uh, that they're lacking, a place uh, that they're suffering in, struggling in. We all need Jesus. So take a look at this video. It's really just slowing down a little bit and listening and looking. And God's given us opportunities to minister to people. It's not always convenient, but it's necessary and it's important. Let me tell you, when you change someone's life story or someone comes to Christ because we have preferred them, we have honored them and given them value, you know what God does? He responds back to them. We, they respond to Jesus and he responds back. Let me read this to you. Luke 15, 7, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents over 99 just persons who need no repentance. I'd never seen it quite this way before, but God has joy. God is pouring out joy, and it floods the heavens. All heaven, there's joy. You know, we get excited by a lot of things. And especially in church, many different aspects uh, of church and what God's doing. And they're all good things. But you know what excites heaven? When somebody who's lost is found. When a backslider comes home to him, there is joy in heaven released. Let's call some celebrations in heaven. Let's cause joy for our God as he responds to these that have come to him. In the Message Bible, it says, count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in no need of rescue. Heaven gets excited about these closing moments of the service. That's when heaven gets excited. See, we have to be passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. We need to love and value what he loves and values. And he's in love with people. And they're all valuable and precious in his eyes. And they have to be in our eyes. And we reach out to him to touch our lives. And let me, let me finish with this. And at the end of the Great Commission in Mark 16, verse 17, it says, These signs will follow those who believe. By name they'll cast out demons. They will speak with no tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. See, we have the Great Commission to take the message, but we also go in the power of God. We also go with His power to set people free from bondages, to set people free from the prison that they're in, to bring healing, to have supernatural protection over anything that would hurt us or, or, or try and take our life. We go in His power, with His Spirit. We're not going empty. We're not going without strength. We're not going without power. We're going in His name, the power of God. And when you come with power, people sense his presence. 
you've got a lot going for you there. People coming to the Lord. So I put down some things here. Who is in your Jerusalem? Think about who do you come in contact. Maybe people that you've given up on or maybe some that you need to pray more. Maybe some you need to contact again. How can you make Jesus known to them and bring them to him? Of course, your life is a, a big part of it, the way that you live. The way you interact. But what can you do? How can you reach out and touch their lives for the Lord? What team in church do you need to become a part of? You know, good intentions produce nothing. Some of you need to be leading a team. Some of you need to be a part of a team. You need to be involved in your Jerusalem, in your church. What are some practical ways to demonstrate God's love to people in your Jerusalem? Love will open up a door. Love will never fail. So we love people. I believe that will open the door. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we want to take the Great Commission seriously. And Lord, we have to have your empowerment to do that. We have to have your strength. Lord, we have to have your strength to move out of our comfort zone. We have to have your strength and your wisdom to speak to people who maybe who seem turned off to the message of Christ. But Lord, we know they need you. Help us love them. Even when they reject us, help us love them. Help us still see them through your eyes. Let your love come forth from us, that unconditional love. That we can make a difference. That we can be an influence. We can make an impact in our Jerusalem. How about this declaration? No one's going to hell in my Jerusalem. Be determined. Go with purpose, a mission mind. And have your ears open and your eyes open. And be sensitive. And the Lord will send people to you for you to minister to. there's any here today and you don't know Christ you never given your heart to him you never surrendered to him that's actually where life begins because he is life and maybe you've been through some disappointments maybe you've been disappointed with church but don't let that turn turn you against God maybe you've been through some things that have broken you hurt you Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe things don't seem to be going your way. Look to Him. He is there for you. All you have to do is call on Him. He's in love with you. And He's saying today, call on Him. 
He wants you to be a part of His family. He wants you to be a part of His family, His son, His daughter. And He's calling you now. And maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're not living for Him. Maybe you've disengaged that relationship and you need to get back with Him. You need to come back. His arms are open wide and He's saying, come back. Come back to me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, I'm coming back today. Yes. See that. Say, I'm coming back home today. I'm coming to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Let's pray this together. This one that's coming to the Lord. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he went to the cross. He died for me. He died for me. He took my sins. And he paid the price. Because he loved me so much. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live for you. In just a moment, we're going to have prayer partners. You accepted the Lord, please come down. Or you need prayer for anything. But next, I want to give a, a challenge to reach your Jerusalem. If you're already doing this, I want you to stand with this. But if you're ready to accept the challenge and ask God to help you, and you be willing to reach your Jerusalem like never before, I want you to stand up. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. God, you see us. We love these people in our Jerusalem. We want to love them with your love. And we're not loving them if we're not showing them you. We're not loving them if we're not benefiting them and helping them see you. And God, we purpose in our heart to win them to you, to turn them to you. Everything that is within us. So God, we ask for your empowerment. We ask for your strength. We ask for your opportunities. We ask for your divine setups, Lord. That we can reach them. That we can expand the family of God. Because we know it's your heart. And God, we ask for it to be our heart. Our heart. And God, we thank you. We give you honor and glory and praise. And God, I even believe there's some joy in heaven now because of the commitment that we're making right now. Because God, you know what this will produce. It's going to increase your family, Lord. We thank you and we love you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573. 
or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.